praise God for a way to wait anticipatorily that happens through music. It's one of my favorite ways of anticipating the coming of Jesus. We are entering a narrative sermon series. If you've been here for a little while, you've experienced this before. If you have not, it may be brand new to you. But a narrative sermon series is telling you the story of Scripture through the eyes of one of the characters in that story. Today we are going to be learning the story or hearing the story of Elizabeth through the eyes of Elizabeth. We are going to be looking particularly at this moment in time that happens in Luke Um, chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. This is what the scripture says. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, "'Blessed are you among women.'" And blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come near to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There was a season of my life. I don't even know if you can call it a season because it lasted not a few days, not a few months, not even a few years. This season lasted decades. And as I look back on this season now, I see it as a season where I lost my ability to hope where I lost the art of wonder. You see, the best thing in life, if you're a woman, at least in my world, is the gift of being a parent, the gift of being a mother. Getting married at the age of 14, I was expecting, expecting to be able to have a child within the next few years. In fact, I had no doubt that I would have a child because it is known that if you are favored by God, if you are loved by God, then God will bless you with fertility. Then God will bless you with a child. And in fact, my whole time growing up, I had seen women who couldn't have children. I had seen women who had struggled with having an empty womb. And I remember thinking about those women and wondering what they had done so wrong. Because obviously they had done something wrong. Because the only way that you become barren is if God has forgotten you. And the only reason why God would forget you is because God doesn't love you because you've done something wrong. I know this. I knew this. I was taught this. And having grown up in the priestly order, I was a descendant of Aaron. Do you know what that means? A descendant of Aaron, that means I come from the most holy group of people. In the whole tradition of my Jewish faith, I come from the holiest people. 
So I had no doubt that once I was married, I would be carrying a child shortly. But it didn't happen within the first year of marriage. And I thought, well, maybe it's just not time. But I knew, I knew that God would provide for me. I knew that my faith was strong. I knew that I loved God, so I knew that God knew that too. I knew that God would not forget me. But as that second year approached and there still was not a child, I began to grieve. I began to wonder, maybe I wasn't doing something right. Maybe I was as bad as all of those other barren women obviously were. But I still had hope. I still had hope and faith in a God who was good. And so I waited another year, and then another year, and then another year. I waited, and I waited. And year after year, God was silent in my life. God was silent in my life, and I began to wonder if Zachariah, my husband, hated me. I began to wonder if Zechariah, my husband, um, was sad, upset, angry that he had married me because I couldn't give him the one thing that mattered in our life, which was a child. And instead of becoming sad, I began to pray more than I'd ever prayed before. I began to make sure that I was being as faithful as I possibly could be. I began to make sure that my connection with God was robust and full of life. My hope grew. And I began to think, this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen because I love God so much. But as my hope grew, my womb remained barren. And as my womb remained barren, my hope began to fall. And as years turned into decades, and as I hit the age where most people begin to start the process of ending their lives, I had given up all hope. I was known in our town as a woman who wasn't worthy of the love of God. Not only did I lose hope, but I lost the ability to wonder, to anticipate, to expect God's presence in my life because God's presence had been so absent in that one place. Until the day, until the day, my friends, that Zachariah came home from work. He is priest, and as a priest, he goes to work in the temple during his appointed times, and he had gone to work in the temple, and he was staying at the temple, and he came home, and he was more excited than I'd ever seen him in my entire life. His face radiated joy and hope and longing and expectation. It was something that I hadn't seen from him or from me in the longest time. And I wanted so desperately for him to tell me what was happening, but he couldn't. 
Because my husband, who left home being able to talk, came home not being able to speak a word. But he was able to tell me. He did manage to communicate to me that the reason why he couldn't talk, the reason why he was so joyful, was because an angel had come to him and said, I was going to have a baby. Me? I was almost 90 years old, and yet Zachariah had been told that I was going to have a baby, that I, in fact, was pregnant. As I look at our baby boy now, sleeping, I see the impossible in front of me. But I couldn't see it then. I couldn't fully see what God was going to do, even when Zechariah came back all hopeful and joyful and expecting what was to come. If I'm honest, I was still a little doubtful until my belly began to grow. And boy, did it grow. I was proof to the whole town, to everyone who knew me, that God has plans that are bigger than our understanding. And I sat in that space, growing a child, unknowing, knowing without a doubt that it wasn't the baby that made me seen by God. You see, our culture had told me, our friends, the way we grew up, we had misunderstood. It's not the baby that makes us seen by God. It's not the baby that tells us we are good with God. The baby didn't change anything about the way that God saw me. The baby didn't change anything about the way that God loved me. The baby just took away the barrier between me and God where I could finally see what was always there. I have friends who are barren like me who never got to grow a baby, who never got that hope renewed, who don't today get to look at their child like I do. But today, now, I know that that has nothing to do with God's love for them, and it has nothing to do with how good they are in this world, and it has nothing to do with their hearts and their souls and their love and their relationship with God. We've misunderstood this whole time. God had a plan for my family. I just couldn't see it. And as I look at this child now, I know that God has a plan for every person. Sometimes those plans don't just look like ours. Sometimes those plans don't reflect our expectations. Sometimes those plans are happening even when we cannot see them. I grieve that it took being pregnant with this baby for me to be able to see that. I grieve that I couldn't see it in all of those decades of longing and waiting and hoping for one specific thing. I missed out on all the other things that God was doing. And I can see it now because I can look back, but I wish I could have seen it in the process. 
I wish I had never lost my ability to wonder and to hope. But I also know that I'm only human. And I learned, I learned that faith and God are so much bigger than what we can see. And I learned that not just from my growing belly, because I'll tell you, I did love my growing belly. It brought me such great joy. But it was magnified the moment that my cousin Mary walked in my front door. I wasn't expecting her. I didn't know she was coming. She did not know the place that I was in until just days before. But she came to me. And as she walked in the door, this baby girl, me in my late age, her at that space where I so wanted to have a child for the first time, she walked in and I knew instantly because the baby inside my belly leapt in my womb in such a way that was miraculous and I know that it wasn't normal. I know that every pregnant woman didn't have this experience. I just knew in that moment. I can't tell you how I knew, but I knew. And I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in a way that I had never felt the presence of the Holy Spirit before. And inside of me, I understood, without Mary saying a word, that her baby and my baby had a job to do. That my son just like the angel had told Zechariah, which I didn't learn until after he could spake, by the way. The angel had told Zechariah that our child was coming to pave the way who was for one that was greater than him. Well, that couldn't have happened 90 years ago or 80 years ago or 70 years ago when I wanted it to happen. It had to happen right now. Because Mary wasn't even born when I wanted to have my first baby, yet Mary was going to be the mother of the one my son was paving the road for. And when I saw Mary that day, I knew that God's plans weren't just about me. <laughs> Although, I get a little lost in that sometimes. I get a little lost in my own hurt, in my own pain, in my own grief, that I forget that my plan is just a part of a bigger plan that God has. That my story is just a part of a bigger story. That the things that are happening in my life aren't just about me, but God is using them to connect with the lives of others so that God's goodness can be known. When I saw Mary that day, I began to understand that my hope and my wonder shouldn't have just been about me. My hope and my wonder is about all that God has under his creation. That my hope although it died for so long, could have found so many other places to grow and to foster and to just thrive because God's plan is working constantly in my life and in the lives of others. You see, this baby that I get to hold today was not about me, was not about fulfilling my deepest desire. It was about something so much bigger. My son, I am told, gets to pave the way for the Messiah. The Messiah. 
My whole life, not only have I heard that a barren woman is forgotten by God, I have also heard that there's one that's going to come and fix everything. I have heard that these hundreds of years of silence from God are going to end one day when the Messiah comes. My story is a part of a bigger story. My life is a part of larger creation. It's not just about me. And as I look at this child, I wonder what that's going to look like as he gets older. I wonder how hard it's going to be because I realize it's going to be hard for him. He is going to struggle. But now I know. Now I know that nothing, nothing can keep us away from the goodness of God's plans for us, that nothing can get in the way of God's ultimate plan, that nothing can keep God from blessing us as long as we step into that faith. When I saw Mary that day, I knew that she was part of my story and that I was part of hers. As I saw Mary that day, I understood for the first time that this joy was not just about me, it was about the whole world. As I saw Mary that day, it became clear to me through the power of the Holy Spirit that when we believe in the promises of God, we are blessed. Because this young girl stood in front of me, not married, never having relations with the man, yet pregnant with the child. And she chose, she chose in that moment to believe, to have faith that God was working something bigger than she could understand. So my prayer for me, my prayer for you, my prayer for this world is that each one of us would choose to believe that even if we can't see God's plan working in our lives, even if we don't see the fruit that we want to see of this relationship that we have with God, even if we've lost the ability to wonder, there's always hope. Because the promise is so much bigger than our one life. The promise is that my life, your life, our lives are connected and the story is so much bigger and that God is working not only for the good of my life, but the, for the good of all. And that each one of us gets to play a part in that. So as I look at this child, I see a physical representation of something I never thought I'd get to see. But even if I didn't have this baby that I got to hold, I pray I pray that I still would have understood that God's plan is bigger, greater than anything that I could have asked for or anticipated. And I pray that I would have waited and expected and anticipated the presence of that blessing, whatever it looked like in my life. And I pray that for you too. Amen. Let us pray, friends. God, we have a lot of expectations in our lives. We have a lot of expectations when we come to you in prayer, when we live our lives. We have a lot of expectations about how our life should go. But often, far too often, those expectations go unfulfilled. 
our hopes and dreams are not realized. God, I ask in this space and time that you would open up our minds, that we would be able to continue to hope, continue to wonder, continue to expect you moving and working in our lives, even when we don't see the fruit that we want to see, that we expect to see. God, if our plans are not your plans, change our hearts so that we begin to expect and hope for those things that you have planned for us instead of the things we have planned for ourselves. And while we wait, please let us know without question that we are loved and that you are good. Amen.